Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The views expressed on this program are not necessarily the views of the station. Do not use the show's content as the basis for any investment decisions. Instead, consult a financial advisor or conduct your own due diligence. Rick Edelman is an investment advisor representative of Edelman Financial Services, a registered investment advisor which furnishes this program and also a registered principal of VF Legacy Securities, an affiliated broker-dealer member FINRA SIPC. Rick recorded this week's show on Thursday, supposedly so he could play Texas Hold'em. We doubt that, because although he is in Vegas, he's a financial advisor, not a gambler. This is the Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome to the Rick Edelman Show. We're broadcasting with a very special show this weekend. We're doing it from Las Vegas, Nevada. We're at the Bellagio Hotel participating in the Barron's Conference. Barron's stages a series of events annually for the nation's top financial advisors, and so we've been invited to do our weekly broadcast from the Barron's event. And later on the show, I'm going to be presenting you with a whole bunch of some of the top advisors from around the country so you can get an idea of what other top advisors are saying since, you know, you're stuck listening to me every weekend right here on The Rick Edelman Show. And one of the big subjects of conversation that's going on right here at the conference this week is the current status of the Department of Labor's pending regulation to require all advisors everywhere to adhere to the fiduciary standard when dealing with IRA and retirement accounts. You've heard me talking about this for a number of years. The rule is supposed to take effect on April 10. And everybody's gearing up for this, with massive changes underway for just about everybody in the financial services industry. Not only brokerage firms, but brokers themselves, insurance agents, insurance companies, mutual fund companies, custodians, you name it. Everyone in this industry is going to be affected by this new rule. Except that now, it appears, President Trump wants the rule delayed or even repealed. The president sent an executive order last week to the Department of Labor asking it to reevaluate the economic cost of the rule to verify that it isn't going to cause economic harm either to the industry or damage to consumers who might find themselves without access to cost-effective financial advice as a result of the rule's implementation. The industry is in a bit of a tizzy right now. Nobody knows whether the rule is going to take effect or not. And we have another new development on the rule. A federal judge in Dallas this past week denied a lawsuit that the industry had put together to get the rule repealed. The lawsuit was brought by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Securities Industry Financial Markets Association, and the Financial Services Institute. These are three major powerhouse trade associations representing the brokerage industry and Wall Street. They voraciously hate this rule, and they've petitioned the court to have the rule overturned. The groups argue that the rule would have, quote, harmful consequences for retirement savers, unquote. They say it would hurt small businesses, and they say, in fact, the regulation violated the First Amendment by restricting the speech that insurance companies, brokerage firms, and mutual fund companies and their advisors are allowed to use. 
Well, the chief judge in the court in Dallas called their arguments, quote-unquote, unpersuasive, and said, at worst, the only speech the rules even arguably regulate is misleading advice. So the rule continues, except for the president's request that the Department of Labor overturn it. So what does this mean for you? Why does it matter? Why do I keep harping on the Department of Labor rule over the past couple of years here on the program? It's real simple. There are a variety of different kinds of people in this business who call themselves financial advisors. Some of us actually are. And some, however, portray themselves as advisors because, well, let's face it, you really don't want to have a conversation at a cocktail party with a guy who calls himself a life insurance salesman. So some folks who have life insurance and annuity products that they sell for commission, who have licenses in that case, they don't want to call themselves that. They want to call themselves something different. And some of the products that the industry has produced, such as certain annuity products, life settlement products, master limited partnerships, reverse mortgages, you name it, some of these products, regulators feel, do not serve the consumer's best interests. They're laden with excessive fees, heavy surrender charges, limited liquidity, very high risks, often all of which don't fully have consumers aware of what's involved until the consumer discovers it too late. So the movement is to recognize that everybody should be on a level playing field. Everybody should be adhering to the fiduciary standard. And that means, very simply, serving your best interest. Not everybody in the securities industry currently does this. And because of that fact, because there are different types of regulations, and not merely at the federal level, but also at the state level as well, the onus is on you. You, as a consumer, need to recognize that different people in this industry, from brokerage firms, insurance companies, banks, as well as individual investment advisors, all adhere to a different set of standards from a regulatory perspective. There are lots of different regulatory standards depending on the licensing that you hold and the employer you work for and the entity under which you serve. And therefore, the burden is on you, the consumer, to understand the difference so that when you're dealing with someone who is purportedly giving you investment advice, you know who you're dealing with. You understand any conflicts of interest that might exist. You're aware of compensation. You're aware of fees and expenses and the risks associated with the investments. You cannot assume that the advisor you're talking to is looking out for your best interest because not all of them do. So you have to look out for your own best interests yourself. So some folks have asked the question, Rick Edelman, how do you feel about the president's new executive order that tells the Department of Labor to potentially delay or even rescind the rule? Well, my answer might surprise you. But quite frankly, I really don't care about this rule anymore. Now, that might sound a little weird because you know I'm a huge proponent of the fiduciary rule. We at Edelman Financial Services have always long supported the fiduciary rule. We agree with the concept of serving the client's best interests. I mean, who wouldn't believe in the golden rule? Do unto others as others do unto you. Your mom raised you that way, right? So who wouldn't agree with that notion? And so why do I say I really don't care whether the president arranges to have the rule rescinded? Why do I say I really don't care if a court overturns the rule and makes it go away? Why am I saying I don't care if Congress passes a law trumping the Department of Labor and throwing it away? Why do I say I don't care? 
because Pandora's box has been opened, because the genie is out of the bottle, because the fat lady is singing. In other words, this party is over. The fiduciary rule, this entire issue of serving your best interests, it's now in the public domain. You're seeing articles in the general press about this, not merely in the financial trade press. You're seeing everyday talk shows talking about it. You're seeing brokerage firms running full-page ads bragging that they're now adhering to the fiduciary standard. You're seeing mutual fund companies creating new share classes to adapt and conform to the fiduciary notion. And all of these firms are basically saying whether the rule is delayed or not, whether it's repealed or not, it doesn't matter. We are moving toward the standard as an industry. In other words, I've informed you that 2 plus 2 equals 4. And now that you know that, there's nothing that can happen to undo that knowledge. You are already a smarter consumer because of the awareness that has been built up over the past six years by the Department of Labor and the Obama administration. And it really doesn't matter what the current Congress or the current administration or the current courts do about it. Now you know the score. Oh, sure, we would love it if the fiduciary rule were to take effect. We would love it if, in fact, some of the egregious products are indeed removed from the marketplace. But quite frankly, we're beginning to take the attitude that you're becoming smart enough to know to be on the lookout for those egregious products, to be able to steer yourself away from the shenanigans that some are perpetuating in the industry. And therefore, on that basis, I'm really not terribly upset one way or the other whether the rule gets enforced or not. So sure, we will continue to champion the notion of serving the consumer's best interests. We will continue to argue for better information, full disclosure, the elimination and avoidance of conflicts of interest wherever and whenever possible. And at the end of the day, though, like so many other things, it is caveat emptor. It's for the consumer to be aware when making investment decisions, knowing what the landscape is. If you have questions or concerns about this, call us, 888-PLAN-RIC. Let us help you make sure you do know the score and that you are being treated fairly in the way that you want. 888-PLAN-RIC, online at ricedelman.com. Stay with us for more from Barron's Conference of Top Advisors. For free articles on personal finance, sign up for Rick's email update at rickedelman.com. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. We are broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. No, it's not because I'm engaging in a Texas Hold'em poker tournament. It's because Barron's is staging its conference here of some of the nation's top financial advisors. Over 800 financial advisors and their teams are here. And so we thought it would be an awful lot of fun to bring to you firsthand some of the nation's top financial advisors. Joining me right now, we have Sharon Oberlander from Merrill Lynch in a Chicago office. Hi, Sharon. Hi. And we have Missy Spickler, also with Merrill Lynch from Michigan. Hi, Missy. Hi. It's good to be with both of you. The two of you are both on the Barron's list of the top 100 women financial advisors. 
Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. There are hundreds of thousands of women in this industry, and you're among the top 100, so that's a pretty impressive accolade. I've been on the Barron's lists myself ever since the lists have existed, and uh, there is one list I will never get on, and it's the Barron's women list. So um, you're outdoing me there. Uh, That's about all I could say. And I also need to highlight the nature of the Barron's Awards because, as uh, you may know, I have uh, my mentioning this on the show in the past, I was three times ranked the number one uh, independent advisor in the nation by Barron's. According to Barron's, the formula it uses to rank advisors has three major components, assets managed, revenue produced, and the quality of the advisor's practice. Investment returns are not a component of the rankings because the returns are dictated largely by each client's risk tolerance. The quality of practice component includes an evaluation of each advisor's regulatory record. Only advisors who apply for the rankings are ranked, and uh, in my case, when the three times I was ranked number one by Barron's, that uh, ranking was published in uh, August of 2012, 2010, and 2009. Uh, So I'm really excited to have the two of you here because my audience listens to me all the time. I've been doing this radio show for 25 years, and uh, I wonder if sometimes my radio listeners begin to wonder, Rick, are you the only guy saying whatever it is you're saying? What are the experiences and what is the advice? What is the benefit of the knowledge uh, and expertise of other advisors in the country? So I'm really excited uh, that Missy and Sharon, you're both with me today. And I want to start with you, Missy. Tell me, if you could only give your clients one piece of advice, what would it be? I would say to stay diversified in their investments. And the number one thing would be not to panic in any market by selling too soon or buying in after the market has already gone up. In other words, to not react to market activity, but to stay focused on your own individual goals. That's exactly right. And you, you mentioned something really interesting there of staying diversified. There's an inherent assumption there that they already are diversified. Tell me why you promote that. A perfect example would be when the Dow was hitting or close to 20,000. I had clients call me to say, if I don't have all the stocks in the Dow, please buy it for me now, (laughs) which ironically had nothing to do with the way they should be invested or the direction of what their goals were. So I tried to tell them based on their diversity, they were probably already invested in the Dow, but they just didn't have the 20 stocks in one account that they could look at. And were these also some of the same people who back in 2008 said, get me out because the market has fallen? That's exactly right. When Ford Motor was at the all-time high and my 85-year-old client called to say, please, I'd like to buy more Ford Motor, I knew it was time to get out because where was she the other 40 points? You know, Baron Rothschild said that, buy when blood is in the streets. You know, in, uh, in, in the crash of 29, when the shoeshine kid, there's a very famous story we all know, Wall Street history, when the shoeshine kid said he wanted to get in, that's when the experts knew it was time to get out. So the key is to stay diversified and ignore the market manipulations. Sharon Oberlander of uh, Merrill Lynch, you've been an advisor for 30 years. Would you agree with that, that diversification is the one piece of advice, or would you say something different? I would say something similar, but with a different spin on it. Okay. And uh, what I would say is be brave and not perfect as an investor. What does that mean? Uh, What it means is a lot of people hesitate to either start investing because they're waiting for the perfect moment. Mm -hmm. They think market timing is a thing that they can actually do. And um, they hesitate to get started. And um, if you actually invest methodically with a discipline, over time, you're going to do terrific. There was an analysis done by one of the fund companies that showed 
uh, an investor investing $10,000 a year for 20 years at the top of the market each year. So somebody incredibly unlucky that always got in at the top. Mm -hmm. And then they showed the results. And they showed the results of somebody incredibly lucky who got in at the market low every single year, 10000 a year for 20 years. So you would assume the guy who got in at the low did a whole lot better than the guy who... That's what you would assume. So the truth of it is the guy who got in at the low every time had a 9% average annual return for 20 years, and the guy who got in at the high every year had a 7% average annual return. And most of my clients, if they could be guaranteed a 7% average annual return for 20 years, they would be thrilled. In other words, the difference between the low and the high wasn't all that big a difference. It was only 2%. And of course, you're not trying to suggest that you are guaranteeing your clients a 7% return. I'm not suggesting anything of the kind. Nor are you suggesting that past performance is any indication of future results, since any assertion to the contrary is a federal offense. Absolutely not. It's just, from my experience with over 38 years, staying positive and being an investor in a disciplined, methodical way where you have a strategy around what you're doing and you're tweaking things every once in a while is just a great way to do it. In, in fact, history, let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. is, do you consider that one of your jobs is helping to instill in your clients the faith and confidence they need to be able to hang in there, especially when times are tough? Yes, yes. And I do it with education. In other words, showing them even though history isn't necessarily predictive of the future, showing them all of the difficult periods in the past that we've managed to get through and how the time in the market is really what does it in the long to run. To basically say, this too shall pass. Yes. Missy, uh, you're also an advisor for decades with a lot of experience as well, just like Sharon does. Um, would you agree that to a large extent your job is really as counselor and handholder? getting people to do what they need to do at the time they need to do it and avoiding the opposite? I absolutely agree with that concept. I think clients come to you hoping for somebody to hold their hand and direct them through the next 20 years or 10 years or whatever the time period is to reach their goals. If they were left alone to invest, I think people are so knee-jerk reactive to what the news media says and they would be getting in and getting out. And to Sharon's point, they would miss the market moves consistently because they popped out and never knew when to go back in. So I think it is our job. Most are their own worst enemies. That's exactly right. So that's uh, Sharon Oberlander and Missy Spickler, both of Merrill Lynch, 30 plus years of experience here at the Barron's Conference, two of the top 100 women financial advisors in the country, according to Barron's. Thank you both for joining us on the program today. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We're doing a special broadcast today from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas with the Barron's Conference of the nation's top financial planners. We're talking with a lot of them here on the program today so you can get insights and information about what are the kind of advice that we're offering to clients across the country. You'll probably see yourself in the commentary that you're hearing on the program today. You can call us whenever you want, 888-PLAN-RICK, or visit us online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. More with the host of the PBS TV series, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show.
And we're back at the Rick Edelman Show. Thanks for joining us uh, this half hour. We're doing a special broadcast from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. And as I have to find myself saying every time I mention that, no. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I'm not in a Texas Hold'em tournament. Uh, we're here because Barron's, uh, the prestigious magazine of the financial services industry, is holding its annual conference of some of the nation's top financial advisors. And Barron's invited me to come do uh, my radio show here. As you know, I was a top-ranked Barron's advisor three times, ranked number one in the nation on their top 100 independent financial advisors list. And uh, so we thought it would be fun to give you an opportunity to hear from other top advisors from around the country, people who uh, have been doing this a really long time like I have, and who might have their own perspective. So I'm happy to welcome here to the show Bill Gruss, uh, who's with Alex Brown in New York City. Bill, welcome to the program. Thank you. And Andrew Worthington from uh, Hartford, Connecticut, uh, with UBS. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. So uh, we've been talking a lot before we got here on back on the air. We've been talking a lot about 2017. It's a brand new year, brand new administration. The stock market is now entering its eighth year of a bull market, with stock prices having uh, done tremendously well since the 2008 credit crisis. What is it that you find, uh, Andrew Worthington of UBS, what do you find your clients saying about the financial market? So are they expressing optimism or concern about the Dow hitting 20,000? Uh, you know, they're saying a lot of different things. I mean, and clearly they, uh, they continue to look at it. They continue to hear that it's at a high, it's at a high, it's a high. You know, the 20,000 mark was built up so much in the media, so much on the TV, and it's just another number. So yeah. another, your attitude is it's kind of irrelevant. It's, it's kind of irrelevant. Is it going to change how you invest today and what you're doing for the future? No, it should not. One thing I've learned over the years is that if there's one thing Americans love to do, it's keep score. And whether keeping that score is really relevant or not, everybody wants to know, how am I doing? And not only how am I doing, but how am I doing relative to my neighbor, my brother-in-law, uh, and against everybody else? And so we just love to look at markets and, and numbers just as a way of seeing it. And we tend to overemphasize this stuff. Correct. Um, do you find something uh, similar, Bill? Uh, we're talking with uh, Bill Gruss as well from uh, Alex Brown. Do you find the similar attitude as Andrew's that the Dow 20,000 just isn't all that relevant? So 20,000 is a big number, and the media gets fixated on this. I think a bigger 
question with clients today is what is going to happen in the future? I think the biggest thing is to maintain your perspective, maintain your um, asset allocation towards your goals and not try to you know, guess which way the market's going. So it's interesting that you say that, uh, Bill. We're talking with Bill Grouse of uh, Alex Brown and Andrew Worthington of UBS, two uh, of the nation's top financial advisors, according to Barron's. It's interesting that you say that it's important for people to stay focused on their goals, keep consistent with their asset allocation, very similar to the statements that were made by Sharon and Missy in our last segment uh, from Merrill Lynch, and very similar to what I say pretty much every week here on this radio show. Do you find that consumers are more likely or less likely to adapt that behavior today than in the past? Andrew, what do you think about that? You know, I think they're a little bit less likely because the, the fact that we have technology today that it puts every piece of information in front of us, in our hand, on our phone, in front of us, and on an immediate basis. So where we think that we know everything and we can trade on it, we can do things on it, um, it, it, it changes the dynamic of everything, how we approach it. So it's you, you really... They need to understand that it's much more than just picking a stock. And we're encouraged to engage as well because those folks that are issuing those software programs and the trading platforms and free stock trades or $10 trades, they're encouraging us to engage in this rapid-fire activity, even though it's not necessarily in our best interests. It's, you know, you just you have to find a way to get connected to these people and understand that it's much more than just picking a stock and getting performance. It's, there's so much more to this and having a plan and just moving forward and sticking with that plan and having those goals and having a process and having a discipline. And individuals don't necessarily have the wherewithal or the bandwidth to actually do that. And that's what we do every single day. And, and that's so it, what our job is. It, it's fascinating. You sound more like a psychologist or a counselor than a stock jockey. Um, Would you say that's a very common misconception that consumers would be surprised to hear that we are as concerned about their behaviors and their emotions as about their... Uh, strategies? It is, it is absolutely part psychologist in this job. You have to be. You know, when I think about it, you know, I look at them and I sit with a client. You have to show the patching. You have to have connection. And they got to feel that. And you got to understand and read, their, read everything about them and understand them. And, Bill, would you agree? What would you say is a huge misconception people have about financial advisors? Well, first of all, that it's only for the rich. Um, And secondly, uh, the part about us being uh, psychiatrists is so true. Um, We go through an analysis with people that we work with to try to determine what we came up with as their sleep at night quotient. Mm. And doing this over 30 years, having lived through 87, having lived through 94, lived through 98, lived through 2000, there's going to come moments when the markets become extremely volatile. And they're going to become volatile again in the future. If you can't sleep at night when the markets are going down rapidly, then you're probably overexposed or you don't understand what you own. So I think that's a very important component. Well, that's uh, terrific information for both Andrew Worthington of UBS, Bill Grouse of Alex Brown. Thanks, gentlemen, for joining me on the program today. I'm Rick Edelman. We're broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas, and we are about 100 feet from the Bellagio Wedding Chapel, which makes me want to talk with you about Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day weekend. I mean, I know it's not the weekend now that it's Valentine's Day, but it's coming up in a couple of days. Oh, you get my point. You did know that, right, that Valentine's Day is coming up? Well, consider this a heads up. You have time to go make arrangements. And, in fact, uh, 
it, it creates uh, a couple of concerns from a financial planning perspective. And in fact, to understand it, I want to go backwards to the holiday season. Because CreditCards.com just released a survey showing that three out of four Americans made an impulse purchase during the Christmas holidays. 83% of millennials, in fact. That's four out of five, not just three out of four. Women were twice as likely to make an impulse purchase for a child than men were, but three times as many men bought impulsively for women as women did for men. So women are far more likely to act impulsively when it comes to shopping. That brings us to Valentine's Day. Looking at the statistics from last year, Americans spent $20 billion on Valentine's Day. That's a record high. Men spent twice as much money on Valentine's Day as women. And people in the 25 to 34 age group spent the most of any other age group. Search terms on the Internet, husband and boyfriend, twice as much as wife and girlfriend. The most common gift, jewelry, followed by an evening out, followed by flowers, clothing, candy, and gift certificates. Why am I mentioning all of this? We know you're going to spend a lot of money on Valentine's Day, just as you spent a lot of money during the Christmas holiday season. But according to Experian, 71% of women and 60% of men discovered that after they got married, their spouse's spending habits were different than what they anticipated, meaning that the way you were spending money before you got married was not the way you spent money after you got married. And 44% of those who've been divorced say their former spouse ruined their credit. So the moral of the story here is don't assume that the way that your boyfriend or girlfriend or fiancé or live-in partner, don't assume that the way they're spending money lavishly on you now is the way that they're going to spend money on you after you get married. Also, don't assume that they can afford it. You might want to have those questions answered before the wedding day. This kind of information is the kind of content that we try to share with you every week here on the program, in all of my books, and in our seminars. We've brought back by popular demand our popular seminar, Preparing for Retirement. The seminar covers three really important issues to help you enjoy a successful retirement. Number one, managing the money in your IRAs and retirement accounts. Number two, maximizing your Social Security benefits. And number three, protecting your assets and distributing them to your heirs the way that you want. Yeah, retirement accounts and IRAs, Social Security, and family and heirs. The seminar is coming Tuesday and Wednesday, February 21 and 22, 7 p.m. in the evening. We're doing the seminar all across the country in Manhattan, in Beltsville, in Bethesda, Maryland, San Diego, Rocky Hill, Connecticut, Houston, Columbus, Richmond, and Chesterfield, Missouri. We're also doing the seminar on February 20. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now 
now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The 8th and March 1st, also in the New York area, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. So we invite you to register online. You can do that at RickEdelman.com. That's Rice. Delman.com. It's $15 a person, $25 a couple. You can also register over the telephone, 888-PLAN-RICK. And if you would like us to present this event for your organization or company, we're happy to do that too. Just contact us at 888-752-6742. I'm Rick Edelman. Stay with us from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas and the Barron's Conference of the Nation's Top Financial Advisors. Named by Talkers Magazine as one of the heavy hundred talk show hosts in America, this is The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. We've got a very special program for you underway. I'm broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas here as part of the Barron's Conference of the nation's top advisors and their teams. More than 800 are attending this conference, and we've been interviewing several of the advisors from around the country to give you a sense of a flavor Uh, And I think what you're discovering more than anything else is you're hearing a pretty consistent theme, I think, of how advisors provide services to their clients, what matters, how do we provide our best approach to help you achieving your financial goals. But I want to take a little bit of a segue for this segment here on The Rick Edelman Show. We'll be back in the next hour with some additional interviews from other financial advisors here at the Barron's Conference. But I want to take this little bit of a segue because we are, after all, in Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is known, first and foremost, as the home of gambling in America. Uh, I'm sorry, they call it gaming out here. Uh, and th- th- what I want to highlight is that there was news just issued this week from Carnegie Mellon that researchers there have produced an artificial intelligence program that they call Labratus, which has defeated some of the nation's top players of Texas Hold'em. A computer has just won a poker tournament. Now, we've already seen Watson uh, beat Jeopardy players. We saw IBM's Big Blue win at chess. But this is something entirely different. And it's for one really simple reason. When you're playing chess or when you're engaging in Jeopardy, everything to be known is known by the players. There are no secrets. But that's not the case with poker. Because when you're playing poker, the players have to make decisions based on incomplete information. And when you're playing No Limit Texas Hold'em, which is more complicated than the other version, players can bet or raise up to the value of all of their chips, making the game much more complex. The result is that the computer played a 20-day tournament and walked away with $1.7 million in winnings. Now, the amazing part of this is that the computer at first was losing the tournament because the players were able to bluff. And yes, they were able to bluff the computer. But the computer's algorithms 
figured out those strategies and were able to improve itself so that the algorithms got better as the game went on and it performed better and better over time. The researchers at Carnegie Mellon University say bluffing is not so much about psychology, it's really about math. And oh, by the way, one other big advantage the algorithm had over the human players, the computer didn't need sleep. This is a 20-day tournament. They're playing 18 hours or more per day. It can become grueling. And you know that your brain power diminishes with sleep deprivation. The computer never suffered any of that. So we've already seen self-driving race cars set track records over human drivers. We've now seen computers win at chess. They've won at Jeopardy. Now they've won at poker. And it makes you wonder, how much longer are humans going to be able to continue doing the jobs they're doing when computers are demonstrating that they can do it better? And oh, by the way, the computers aren't done yet. Google, MIT, University of California at Berkeley and others are all reporting progress on creating machine learning systems that create other machine learning systems. In other words, computers that create computers that are better than themselves. Do you know what you get when you make a computer that's capable of making other computers? It's called the Terminator. So we have to put this into context What does it mean for your occupation? What does it mean for how you're going to be able to remain engaged in the ability to produce an income when jobs all around us are going to be replaced by a combination of artificial intelligence and robotics? When computers can drive cars longer and better than humans, when machines are capable of making decisions better than humans, what does that mean for the human employee? Well, this is why the shift is going from college education to lifelong learning. It's a fundamental theme of my brand new book, The Truth About Your Future, where we talk extensively in the book about what it means to earn an income in a society dominated by technology. Not all jobs are going to go away. In fact, as many new jobs are going to be created, as jobs are going to be eliminated. But the key is for you to be retrained. You're going to have to stay current, up-to-date with technology so that your skills remain viable. Having gotten a college degree 20 years ago won't be of much value to an employer. So the notion is lifelong learning. This is an indication of the kind of content and information that I have been sharing with you here on this radio show for the past several years and which we've now put together in a comprehensive comprehensive book on the subject. The book's getting rave early reviews from folks both in the financial services industry and the technology industry because there's nothing else like it on the marketplace. Yeah, there are lots of books out there that talk about exponential technologies and the future, but none of them are addressing the issue of what does this mean for your personal finances? So I'm encouraging you to pre-order the book right now. You could go to Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, whatever your favorite bookseller is, and you can pre-order the book, The Truth About Your Future, The Money Guide You Need for Now, Later, and Much Later. You can pre-order the book right now, and I'll give you a little bit of an inducement and enticement to do that. 
if you'll pre-order the book now, The Truth About Your Future, and send me by email a copy of your receipt, just send it to book at rickedelman.com, I'll send you a special video as a thank you. In this video, I'll show you why everything you think about what your future holds is wrong, why it's wrong, and what you need to do today to fix it. And the video will not be available anywhere else. The only way to get it is if you pre-order my book, The Truth About Your Future, and send your receipt to book at rickedelman.com. That's book at rickedelman.com, and you need to do that before the book is released on March 14th. I'm Rick Edelman. A big key in successful financial planning is figuring out where are we and where are we going. And very often, people are trying to figure out where they're going based on where they've been, where their parents ended up going. And unfortunately, while that might have worked for your parents and grandparents and elders, that isn't going to work for you or me because technology is frankly changing everything. Yogi Berra, I think, said it best. He said, the future ain't what it used to be. I'm Rick Edelman, and you're welcome to call us if you have questions about how all of this applies to you at 888-PLAN-RICK. Again, that's 888-752-6742, or online at rickedelman.com. More from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas and the Barron's Conference of Top Advisors when we come back. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Providing personal finance advice for over 25 years. This is The Rick Edelman Show. This is The Rick Edelman Show. Now, here's Rick Edelman. Welcome back to The Rick Edelman Show. You're listening to The Truth About Money. We're doing a special broadcast here from Las Vegas at the Bellagio Hotel because Barron's invited me to come out and do exactly this. They've got their annual conference of the nation's top financial advisors and their teams, and over 800 uh, of the nation's top advisors are out here. Barron's has been a huge proponent of the financial advisory space and has done an awful lot of work in helping financial advisors improve the quality of their practices, the quality of the advice that they provide to their clients. And so I'm very excited to bring here onto the program Sterling Shea, the associate publisher and head of the advisory and wealth management programs at Barron's Magazine. Sterling, thanks for joining me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Rick. Thank so you. You've been on the show with me in the past. You're always mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And uh, you've been with Barron's for 18 years. You've seen an awful lot. Uh, what do you see as the driving theme of the program here this year with the hundreds of advisors you have at the event? Well, I think there's a tremendous inflection point happening in the industry right now. And there's a need for a lot of great advisory teams to look inward and assess, you know, where do they need to adapt and evolve their process to continue to do great work on behalf of clients? You know, it used to be in the old days, when I go back to the 1980s, when I started in the business, you know, we 
were mom and pop shop. We had a handful of clients and one or two support staff. And it was, you know, it was the local plumber, the local butcher, the local accounting practice. It was just a little business. But today, the top advisory practices are all managing billions of dollars in assets. Our firm has $18 billion. We have almost, I think, 600 employees in 42 offices. And although other firms aren't quite as large, a lot of them are very substantial run organizations. Yeah. I, I think that's an interesting footnote on the industry because as the business has evolved, you have two phenomenon. Advisors are getting better at scaling their business so that they can help more families and, and create a broader offering. But also you see the wealth accumulation of the underlying families and those mom-and-pop operations that attracted uh, the millionaire next door. As they grew in wealth, uh, so did, the, so did the, the underlying accounts. And it's making the uh, practices more substantial. We now have IT staffs and marketing staffs and accounting finance staffs and compliance staffs and uh, on and on and on. People In the old days, the only people who worked in the financial planning practice were financial planners. Well, that's the rub. And this is the interesting part about the business right now because a great financial advisor, we find, is a very consistent personality. They care deeply about their clients. They care deeply about improving their skills as investors to help those clients. But they're not always great managers of business functions. Uh, the point of this conference is to help them get better at managing the business uh, because it's our belief that a stable, profitable, uh, thriving advisory business is the one that's most consistently going to return positive results for clients. It's the ones that are having trouble managing their business that are not doing well that cause problems for clients. And this is a focus that I think ordinary consumers and investors would never even contemplate. They just think that investment advice, financial planning advice is all about the knowledge, expertise of that person. But think about your surgeon. Yeah. If he didn't have that infrastructure of the hospital, exactly. it wouldn't matter how good the surgeon was. Yeah. So how well the hospital operates determines the success of the surgeon to a large degree. Right, and, and it goes even deeper than that. One of the questions we often get about our curriculum is, what is the role of, of the growth of an advisor's business? What does that have to do with the output for clients and the care that clients receive? Uh, but it's our belief that um, for today's family, uh, you need a team of specialists. You need a lot of resources uh, to meet the needs of a, of a wealthy family. And that requires reinvestment. So you don't, if you don't have a, uh, a critical mass of uh, revenues to support reinvestment in the business, to add more resources, more people, more intellectual capital to meet client needs, uh, you're in big trouble. The end beneficiaries of an advisor's growth are the clients. And if you are just thinking you're going to go to some solo practitioner who's been doing this for a couple of months and has no support network or system and no right. organizational structure, you might want to rethink who you're choosing as your advisor. Absolutely. Uh, kick the tires. You know, part of the vetting process needs to be, is this a robust, thriving business? Uh, that's evidenced by the advisor's continuity, uh, the growth, the scale that they have. They're attracting and retaining uh, clients, and that to us is symbolic of somebody who's providing a service that's really meaningful for the clients. So let's talk about who your keynote speaker was last night at the kickoff. Mm -hmm. Talk about uh, who that was and why you selected him. Sure. Dr. Michio Kaku uh, is kind of the world-renowned theoretical physicist. He's one of the co-founders of string theory. Uh, now, we got a lot of people who come to us and say, why are you taking someone so outside of the financial services world for a speaker? Uh, but a part of our goal is 
here is to inspire financial advisors to think a little differently about their business, about the context of American society, about uh, the psyche of the American investing public. And much of that is about the future. Uh, how will uh, exponential technologies, how will uh, evolving uh, advances in medicine, in business, and finance influence the world around us that advisors are going to have to operate in? So we thought Dr. Kaku's vision and his uh, predictions about how regular human life is going to be transformed over the next two decades uh, would be very relevant to advisors right now thinking about the future of their business. I had the opportunity of talking with him extensively uh, at dinner prior to the event, and uh, we know a lot of the same people, Ray Kurzweil, Peter Diamandis, and, and others at Singularity University, because as you know, Sterling, I've been heavily immersed in exponential technologies and the study of it over the past several years. My new book is coming out on the subject uh, of exponential technologies next month, as I've been sharing with uh, my audience over the past uh, couple of years. The book, in fact, is coming out. It's called The Truth About Your Future, The Money Guide You Need Now, Later, and Much Later. And uh, the book goes on sale March 14th. And the reason that I'm mentioning it is that if you pre-order the book right now and send me a copy of your receipt to book at rickedelman.com, I'll send you a special video as a thank you, which will show you why everything you think about your future is wrong why it's wrong and what you need to do today to fix it. There was an announcement made, Sterling, along these lines from Bridgewater Associates. This mm -hmm. is the world's largest hedge fund. You know them well. So $160 billion in assets. They announced plans to replace its money managers with artificial intelligence over the next five years. So this was a fascinating announcement from Bridgewater. Uh, to me, it's emblematic of what's happening across the financial services industry, where you see the leadership of various pockets and, and various sleeves of asset management in particular, that are innovating and adapting at a very fast rate. Uh, it's not happening among the emerging teams. It's happening in the uh, incumbent leaders that are saying, if we want to perpetuate our success uh, and keep adding more value for our clients, we need to continue to evolve and adapt our process. In other words, it's not something to fear. First of all, it's inevitable that the technological changes are coming. And if we embrace it, we are not only going to secure our position in the industry, yeah. but our clients are going to be the ultimate beneficiaries. Absolutely. And I, what I would suggest to you is the move at Bridgewater, and you'll see others following suit, I would suspect, um, that algorithmic process for the investment output is directed by a human hand, essentially. Uh, and where it's being driven, it's there to provide uh, discipline in the most fundamental way possible. I think that will follow suit in the wealth management industry as well. It's inevitable. We've been talking with Sterling Shea, the associate publisher of Barron's Magazine and the sponsor and organizer of this conference of the top advisors in the country here at the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. Sterling, thanks so much for being with us today. Pleasure as always, Rick. Thanks. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. We've been talking with Sterling Shea, and we've been talking about technology and the implications it has for the financial services industry. Here are a couple of other similar announcements that have been recently made. General Motors has announced that you can now drive a Cadillac on a month-to-month -month plan, and you can switch it out for a different Cadillac model as many as 18 times per year. In an environment like that, why would anybody need to buy a car for a four-year payment plan program when you can go month-to-month -month with Cadillac? Meanwhile, Airbus, you know them as the large airplane manufacturer. You know that they're also the world's largest helicopter manufacturer. They say that while everybody's been spending all this time talking about self-driving cars, Airbus says that by the end of this year, they're going to have a prototype for a self-flying car. 
and they're going to have it launched for commercial production by 2021, only four years away. What do these kinds of innovations mean for your personal finances? Well, this is why our advice is shifting to basically say, you might very well never need to buy a new car again. Perhaps you should instead only lease cars because cars are radically advancing technologically. The old tech is becoming stale and out of date. I mean, do you want to use a, an iPhone that's five years old or do you want the latest and greatest with the newest safety features and features and benefits? That's what it's going to be like with automobiles. Cars are like iPhones these days. And therefore, we have to rethink the advice regarding your automobile purchase. Just another illustration of how advice is changing in the personal finance field. All of that in my book, The Truth About Your Future. You can pre-order it now at your favorite bookseller. I'm Rick Edelman. You're listening to The Truth About Money at the Bellagio in Las Vegas with Barron's here at the conference of the nation's top financial advisors. Triple H, Plan Rick, online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. We'll be back. For more information on what you need to do now, go to rickedelman.com. That's rickedelman.com. Welcome back to the program. Rick Edelman here. We've got a special program that we're doing for you today. We are broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. No, I am not, I will say once again, engaging in a Texas Hold'em tournament. <laughs> Instead, we're here because Barron's is staging its annual conference of the nation's top financial advisors and their teams and invited me to come out and do the program here. As you know, uh, I was uh, the number one independent advisor in the nation, ranked by Barron's three times. I've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again. According to Barron's, the formula that they use to rank advisors has three major components, assets managed, revenue produced, and the quality of the advisor's practice. Investment returns are not a component of the rankings because the advisor's returns are dictated largely by each client's risk tolerance. The quality of practice component includes an evaluation of each advisor's regulatory record. Only advisors who apply are ranked, and the top 100 independent advisors where I was named the number one advisor in the country was published three times in August of 2012, 2010, and 2009. Uh, so having said that, I want to welcome two other financial advisors here to the program who are at the conference, A.J. Fector of Morgan Stanley in the Washington, D.C. area, and Rich Hazuri, also of Morgan Stanley in Wilkes Bar, PA. Welcome, gentlemen. Glad to have you with me. Thank you. Great to be Thanks. here. So it's a tumultuous period of time. We've just gone through vividly the 2008 credit crisis. People don't seem to remember that that was already nine years ago. It feels like yesterday, doesn't it? Uh, and that's followed by the stock market tripling in value from the market lows of 2009 with a new president in office and a new Congress and a new everything, it seems. So I'm going to start with you, AJ. Given all of this, with the Dow at 20,000 plus, uh, eight-year bull market and counting, new president, painful memories of 2000, 2001 and 2008, what is the biggest concern that you're hearing today from your clients? I think that most clients in our practice are concerned about how their finances and resources are going to allow them to take care of themselves, 
their families, and the other people in their lives who they love. We help people answer those questions. We help them figure out what's most important to them and design strategies around that that give them comfort because they know that their lifestyle is protected. And also we can engage in a process of looking at their family dynamics to make sure that at the end of their lives, which we want them to live as well as possible, that they're able to not just pass along their assets to their kids or their grandkids or their great-grandchildren, but also their values. So it's really interesting that you provided that answer because you said absolutely nothing about anything I had just talked about. Did you notice that, Rich? Absolutely. He, he didn't say a thing about Trump or the Dow yep. or the credit crisis of 08. It was totally irrelevant. Yeah. Do you agree with what the approach AJ just offered? Absolutely, because I think you need to put it into two perspectives. What are the things that we as advisors get concerned about? And your laundry list certainly highlights a lot of those things. But what we are get, get concerned about and what our clients are concerned about are two separate and distinct things. Mm -hmm. I think our job as consultants and advisors is to really put into context the, some of those fears, maybe you know, whether it's markets or valuations or those things, and really tie those things to the end game. The client cares about, do I have enough or will I have enough money to accomplish my goals? Will I have enough money to last my entire life expectancy in retirement? Will I have enough money to put my kids through school? Those are the things that I find that our clients are worried about. The market stuff they really have outsourced to us to, to be worried about on their behalf. It really doesn't matter whether the market <laughs> rises or falls. you still got to get your kid in college, right? Exactly. Exactly. And the, the question is sometimes you, you have a conversation with someone and we're talking, maybe they bring up the market, but they're not talking about what they really care about. The talk about the market is an expression of fear about whether or not they're going to be able to meet those objectives. In so, other words, if, the, if their attitude was, no matter what, my kid's college is paid for, the market becomes an irrelevant conversation. Correct. So if Absolutely. they're expressing fears about the market, that's the symptom, not the cause. They're really saying, I'm worried about my goal achievement. Exactly. And we are, in effect, solving for that. And I like the way AJ frames that. What, not necessarily, what am I concerned about, but what do I care about? That's a really interesting way to put it. Our clients care about achieving those objectives that they've hired us to help them accomplish. And I believe that most folks who are neophytes at the field of financial planning, you know, a lot of consumers are still inexperienced when it comes to dealing with these issues. They're, they're facing these things for the very first time. I think that a lot of folks would be surprised at the nature of this conversation because they would assume that we would be talking only about the market. We would only be talking about responsiveness to the latest tweet from the president or what have you. And in fact, what we're basically saying is that's not the game. That, that's, and if that's what you're focusing on, boy, you're missing the point. I would say the answer is absolutely yes. I think so often, and this is probably pre-08, people will turn to us to earn some level of return to help fix their problems. And I think now that we have embraced as advisors a financial planning process, the answer isn't always help me earn more money. The answer is help me understand what my problem is, help me understand a little bit more effectively what I care about, what I'm trying to solve for, and then help me understand how I get there. Investment returns always, aren't always the answer. Sometimes it's I need to maybe adjust my expectations in retirement, it could be I need to save more money today. But again, it always doesn't necessarily default to help me earn more money. I, 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 Rich makes a great point. And I think that what we start talking about is not investment return, but we talk about investment purpose. You know, when, you, when you're working with someone who's got really clearly defined life desires and life goals, they expect you to have the investment part baked in. 
yeah. to know that you're going to be able to generate a competitive return at fees that are reasonable for the services that you provide. Uh, there's, uh, there's another advisor who, uh, who will say that uh, price is only a concern in the absence of value. And when we, I find that when we talk to our clients about value and what their values are and how we achieve that, that becomes an intimate conversation and people sense the caring. And AJ, what's your uh, final comment? Well, I'll make it brief. General Patton said that a good plan today is better than a perfect plan tomorrow, so there's no reason to wait. My favorite quote of his is, uh, there's nothing wrong with taking risks. That's quite different from being rash. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. That's AJ Fector, Rich Azori, both of Morgan Stanley. Thanks very much for joining us on the program today here at the Barron's Conference of Top Advisors in Las Vegas. Thank you. Thanks. Having a fabulous time. Thanks for being with us on the program. If you've got questions, call us at 888-PLAN-RICK. You can do that to get answers from my colleagues at Edelman Financial. We'll get you the information you need for your personal finances. That's 888-PLAN-RICK. Or visit us online at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. More with the host of the PBS TV series, The Truth About Money, coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Thanks for hanging around with us here on The Rick Edelman Show. It is The Truth About Money, and we're doing a special broadcast today from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas. You can call us whenever you want, 888-PLAN-RICK, or visit us online at rickedelman.com. Barron's is here hosting its annual conference of some of the top financial advisors in the country and their teams, and we've been interviewing a series of advisors from around the country, and our final couple of guests, I'm happy to... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome, Dave Armstrong of Monument Wealth Management and Bob Fragasso of Fragasso Financial Advisors. Dave, you're in Alexander. Alexandria, Virginia. Bob, you're in Pittsburgh, PA. Welcome, gentlemen, to the Rick Edelman Show. How are you? I'm great. Fine. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. So you've been hearing the other interviews we've done with other advisors here on the program today. We've talked about Donald Trump and the impact of the new administration. We've talked about the fact that we're in an eight-year bull market that's getting old and the Dow hitting 20,000, an all-time high, uh, uncertainty due to the Department of Labor's fiduciary rule and un not knowing whether the Trump administration will repeal it or delay it or modify it in some way or let it go through as planned on April 10th. Uh, we've talked about the surprises that financial advisors have for their clients in terms of what they should be focusing on and what matters and things like that. So I'm going to give you two guys the microphone here for you to tell me what is it that you wish I would ask you here on the program. Start with you, Dave Armstrong of Monument Wealth Management. Well, I, I think it would be a, an interesting thing to talk about how people are viewing some of the changes that have been taking place in politics and in the market that you just mentioned. Um, and how it really relates to them as investors. And uh, I'm a proponent of people having a financial plan, a long-term investment strategy. So I really don't think that the short-term 
uh, events that have been taking place, nor the crossing of Dow 20,000 should really be impacting people's decision-making process. Right but are now. you getting that commentary from people? Are they paying too much attention to the markets and the Dow than I feel you like, feel they should? I feel like um, I'm seeing a lot more of it in the press than I am for my actual clients. Uh, my clients view crossing Dow 20,000 is uh, no more of um, a milestone than, say, crossing the North Carolina-South Carolina state border on a trip from D.C. to Miami. Uh, it's certainly notable, but it really doesn't uh, provide any sort of meaningful men benchmark on how well you are progressing on your travel south. So if you had a client say to you that they heard some other advisor recommending portfolio changes as a result of the Dow 20,000, you're response would be what? My response would be that there's, it's impossible to have any sort of facts about the future, and anybody that is trying to provide any uh, sort of insight into what's going to happen next is, is simply giving their opinion. And opinions are fine, and they can be entertaining, um, and they're not without merit, but because there's no way of looking at the future and really uh, drawing any factual uh, evidence from anything, I don't think anybody's investment strategy should really change just because we hit a major milestone. In other words, your crystal ball stinks. You're not even going to play the game. I think all of our crystal balls stink, uh, except for the crystal ball that says that people who have um, a well-diversified portfolio and have a long-term investment strategy. Um, that crystal ball will tell you that people have a very high probability of meeting the goals and objectives of their uh, plan. Of course, you're not saying that diversification guarantees any level of success. And the reason I cite this is that there are an awful lot of folks that we see, I'm sure you see them too, on the internet and emails, on late night TV, uh, ridiculous mail uh, pitches you get at home of folks saying, the market's about to tank, the dollar's about to be destroyed, the U.S. government's going to collapse, therefore buy gold, or therefore buy whatever it is they're pitching you to buy, whether it's some options trading software or some Armageddon strategy. Uh, people exploiting the fears that folks have as a result of this. What's your response to all that? You know, my response to that is, and you're right, you can't turn on any uh, XM satellite channel without hearing all the commercials on gold and, and playing on people's fears. But I think you could go back and look at uh, what were the news cycles at every time the Dow crossed a thousand point threshold and say, geez, could you have looked at the news and found every reason in the world to sell your portfolio at that time? And you could probably dig something out of the news that could have been fearful at the time, but none of those things have really stopped over the long term. So ignore all the, that. I think the long term investor should ignore all of that. If you're a trader and you trade for a living every single day, maybe those things are important to you every single day. But for general investors who have a well thought out financial plan, investment strategy, these things shouldn't be uh, taken into account on a day to day or even a quarter-to-quarter -quarter basis. So that was Dave Armstrong and the uh, question he wanted me to ask him. And uh, Bob Fregasso of Pittsburgh, PA, you're a financial advisor. What question do you want me to pose to you? I think it would be interesting to ask me where the investor is going with this tumultuous change that's occurring in our industry. What tumultuous change is occurring in our industry? Well, there's quite a bit. Uh, first would be regulatory spawned, and second would be the uh, secular movement uh, in the various segments of our industry, the large uh, national wirehouses versus the move toward independence, the independent advisor versus. And we have to go back, and this will be quick, to 1975 when commissions became unfixed. You know, people are unfamiliar with that fact. We, uh, we refer to it as May Day. May Day, May Day. When uh, stock commissions were deregulated, uh, people don't realize that prior to May 1st of 1975, when you bought a stock, didn't matter who you bought it from, every firm charged the same commissions. 
And along came May 1, it was deregulated, and that's how Charles Schwab created the first exactly. discount brokerage firm, creating consumer choice for the very first time and forcing firms to alter their value proposition. In addition to May Day creating discount brokerage firms, it led to the emergence of the financial planning profession. It did, and the certified financial planner designation, not a coincidence, came out of that chaos that occurred after. But take that to where we have come and how we've come, and that is the movement away from a locked-down, uh, non-flexible system that occurred before into a multitude of ways that clients can access financial advice and guidance or simply trade on their own. And that's very confusing to investors today. You know, it's no longer about investments. It's no longer about investment prices. It's now about the investment advice and the breadth of services you need. Going back, uh, Dave, to your comment, it's about the financial planning process, achieving the goal of the client. And so it's really an important element for consumers to recognize this fact and to basically step back and say, what is it I'm trying to accomplish? What are the services that I need? Let me shop around the way I would for a washing machine and interview several advisors and find the one who is going to be able to deliver for me the services and the advice that I need for myself and my family. Exactly correct. And I would add that when the right entity or person is team is selected, it should be done in the context of holistic planning because your portfolio is not necessarily the right portfolio for Dave or for me or vice versa. But rather, it's in the context, as you said, of where am I trying to go? What's my risk tolerance level? What's my time frame? What's my tax bracket? What are my family responsibilities? Then we fashion the right model for a portfolio and then go manage for that model. And it's different for each one of us. And that's where the industry is moving, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that uh, both investors and advisors always need to be addressing the question, what's the money for? And without that, it's really, without that question being answered, it's really impossible to create a great investment strategy for anybody. Terrific information. That's Dave Armstrong of Monument Wealth Management in Alexandria, Virginia, and Bob Fragasso of Fragasso Financial Advisors in Pittsburgh, PA. Gentlemen, thanks very much for joining me on the program Thank today. you, Rick. Thank you, Rick. We're going to continue our broadcast from the Bellagio in Las Vegas with the Barron's Top Advisor Conference. We've brought back our popular seminar, Preparing for Retirement. The seminar covers three really important issues to help you enjoy a successful retirement. Number one, managing the money in your IRAs and retirement accounts. Number two, maximizing your Social Security benefits. And number three, protecting your assets and distributing them to your heirs the way that you want. Retirement accounts and IRAs, Social Security and family and heirs. The seminar is coming Tuesday and Wednesday, February 21 and 22, 7 p.m. in the evening. We're doing the seminar all across the country in Manhattan, in Beltsville, in Bethesda, Maryland, San Diego, Rocky Hill, Connecticut, Houston, Columbus, Richmond, and Chesterfield, Missouri. Register online. You can do that at rickedelman.com. That's Rice. Delman.com. It's $15 a person, $25 a couple. You can also register over the telephone, 888-PLAN-RICK. You're listening to The Rick Edelman Show. I'm broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas here at the Barron's Conference of Top Financial Advisors. I need to take a little bit of a segue away from this event to talk to you about your taxes and your tax filing. I know you're in a hurry to get your taxes done and you want to file your tax return as soon as possible. However, we generally recommend that you hold off filing your tax return until the end of March. 
Why? Because brokerage firms, mutual fund companies, and custodians often issue 1099s. You already got yours at the end of January, but they often issue revised 1099s, and they don't do so until February or March. If you file your taxes now, you might end up having to file an amended return, and that could cost you more money if you hire an accountant uh, to help you do that. So, on the safe side, go ahead and prepare your taxes. Just don't file them until the end of March. I'm Rick Edelman. This is The Truth About Money. We're at the Bellagio in Las Vegas with Barron's. Stay with us for more. Money doesn't come with instructions. More of your questions coming up on The Rick Edelman Show. Welcome back to the Rick Edelman Show. We are broadcasting from the Bellagio Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, where we are participating in the Barron's Conference of Top Financial Advisors. And uh, it's been an awful lot of fun, and, and we've brought to you a variety of financial advisors from a variety of firms all across the United States. And I think if you've been able to listen to the entire program today, that you've gotten a sense of consistency. Financial planners from all walks of life and all different kinds of firms and backgrounds and focuses, we all pretty much have the similar approach, meaning it's about you and your goals. It is not about the market. It is not about the daily headlines or, let's face it, the latest tweet. It is all about what are you trying to accomplish in life? What is the purpose of money? What are you trying to have happen? And by staying focused on that for the long term, that is really what counts. Where there are some differences, as we've talked about as well, is that different people are doing things in different ways for different reasons. And that's why it is more important than ever that you recognize that the way to achieve financial success is by choosing not the right investments, but by choosing the right investment advisor. It's who you enlist to assist you in the fundamentally important decisions facing you and your family. Everything from choosing investments, of course, but also evaluating your insurance needs, making sure your will and trust are comprehensive, up-to-date, and reflecting your needs and desires, looking at your employee benefits at work, choosing how to handle your homeownership and mortgage, automobile buying versus leasing, dealing with wedding expenses, college expenses of children and grandchildren. These are the fundamental issues affecting financial advisors today and our clients. There's no reason to go it alone, as we've demonstrated here, as Barron's has worked so hard to illustrate for all of us across the country, there are some pretty terrific financial advisors, able, willing, we stand ready to serve you and your needs here at Edelman Financial, like we've done for thousands of folks just like you. We are among the largest of investment advisory firms in the United States with over 32,000 clients serving folks from 42 offices all around the country, now managing more than $18 billion in assets under management. So if you are interested in someone that you can examine closely yourself, we invite you to check us out 
as part of your search for a financial planner. We also offer you a variety of educational opportunities to do this on our website at rickedelman.com. The 18 questions you should ask when interviewing financial planners. And we invite you to take a look at that information for free on our website at rickedelman.com. You can also read all about it in my book, The Truth About Money, which is now in its fourth edition. Another thing that we... uh, discover here at the conference is that most advisors that we're talking to have proven themselves to be rather oblivious to the incredible changes that are coming to society as a result of exponential technologies. That's why Barron's has had me speak in the past at their conferences to help train advisors and be aware of what's coming in the fields of nanotechnology, biotechnology, bioinformatics, medicine and neuroscience, energy and the environment, 3D printing, robotics, machine learning, artificial intelligence, All of these innovative technologies having a profound implication for our lives going forward. One of the areas of this that I talk about in my book, The Truth About Your Future, is about employment, occupational status, career education, and lifelong learning. A lot of folks very upset over the fact that they might lose their jobs, not to a competitor, but to a computer or a robot. And although it's true that automation does disrupt occupations, studies have illustrated that automation actually creates jobs. Technological innovation actually fosters employment development. We now have statistics released this week from the Department of Energy along these very lines. The Department of Energy now says that we've lost lots of jobs in the coal industry and in the oil and natural gas industry, but we now have a huge array of new jobs in the solar energy industry. And they're projecting that workforce in the solar industry, which increased 25% last year, is going to increase another 7% this year. Who would have thought decades ago that solar energy would represent a massive increase in employment opportunities? But wait, you can't just respond to a want ad and get involved in the solar industry, you need to know how to do the work. And that means lifelong learning. I don't think there are too many Americans walking around these days with college degrees in solar energy. I don't think there are too many technicians who know how to install or maintain a solar panel. And this is the point. So we have to reevaluate how we are approaching education in America. And that is a really important issue and a focus of my book, The Truth About Your Future, which is released March 14th by Simon & Schuster, available at booksellers everywhere. Right now you can pre-order the book at your favorite bookseller. I have a really big focus of education and lifelong learning in my book, The Truth About Your Future, because this is a really big deal. And one of the elements is this. College is now too expensive. Well, you know that. That's not a shocking statement in and of itself. But here's the shocking part. College in the future will be less expensive than it is today, not more expensive. We've just gone over a 30-year period of time where college has grown dramatically in cost. The increase in tuition, room and board, has dramatically outpaced 
the overall rate of inflation. But that's beginning to change. We not only have corporations beginning to offer a free college education for their employees. Starbucks does it. Jeep does it. Chrysler does it. We now have state governments offering free college education for people as well. Tennessee does it. New York and Rhode Island have equally proposed opportunities to get free college tuition to hundreds of thousands of their citizens. College, you can expect in the future, will be free, but it will be de-emphasized as well, replaced with a new emphasis on lifelong learning. And as a result of that, We need to recognize that it's no longer about saving money to get your kid into college and be done by age 22. It's now a function of coming up with the cash necessary to continually engage in lifelong learning through your 30s, 40s, and 50s, not just to stay sharp in your current field, but to develop skills in a brand new field. I encourage you to pick up a copy of my book, The Truth About Your Future. You can pre-order it right now at your favorite bookseller. It becomes available on March 14th, and it will give you shocking information about the life you're going to have in the next 5, 10, 20 years and beyond. The book is called The Truth About Your Future, The Money Guide You Need for Now, Later, and Much Later. And it gives you the illustration that the life and future your parents anticipated as they looked forward to retirement is not at all the life and future you will be able to look forward to in your retirement. This is the kind of advice and information we share with all of our clients on a regular, ongoing basis. We are happy to do it for you as well. Just call us at 888-PLAN-RIC. That's 888-752-6742. You can visit us online as well at rickedelman.com. That's ricedelman.com. And click that red button, I want to talk to an advisor. If you've been doing this on your own, if you've been going with a set of antiquated assumptions, not recognizing how life's going to change, now is the time to reevaluate your financial plan and make sure your financial plan is going to be everything that you need it to be. I'm Rick Edelman. Thanks for joining me at the special broadcast here at the Bellagio with Barron's, and I'll see you again next week. Get the truth about money every weekend on the Rick Edelman Show. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.